Well, it'll just be you, me, and Nick. Spencer, you always get all the answers. I'm kind of a big deal. Whenever you hear the music, Colin, take it away. It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Spencer Dupuis, Nick Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin. Good afternoon and welcome into this November 15th edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Brought to you in part by the Brown Funeral Home and Cremations, Robert Fields and Sons, a family-owned full-service funeral home that has proudly served our area since 1880. Spencer Dupuynik, Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin, happy to have you with us as my camera, I guess, malfunctioned there, Nick. Yeah, it did. Needed a reset. But it's all good now. We're all good here. Um... Not too much to talk about, but we'll continue to talk about Class AAA uh, state uh, playoffs. I can't speak right now. What are you talking about? Not too much to talk about. There's we had a three huge game last about. night. Well, not only with that, he meant just start. in high school, but we yeah. had the the biggest upset in the NFL last night. That is later true. Later in the show. We'll so talk about that in second segment. WU in action. W-U. Plus, Max Exodus from, uh, from the Mountaineer football team starting to commence uh may have potentially tried to get trying to get a recruit here to Shepherdstown. That'd be cool. We're t- we'll talk about that later and then in segment 4, uh the rookie of the year came out for baseball and then caps in action tonight. We'll get into that, but uh first we'll start with high school football, continue all week to break down what will be the matchups this week. And um obviously three teams still left here in the Class AAA lost the quarterfinal round coming up on Friday night. Number eight Musselman travels to number one Park South, eight and three versus ten and one. I think Musselman has a shot in this game. They do. I mean, you look at Park South season so far, and they've had some really close games, especially against uh some of the top teams in the state. Nearly got upset by Princeton, nearly got upset by Wheeling Park. I think Musselman obviously beat uh wheeling park and they beat princeton so or they didn't beat princeton but i think they could beat princeton so you know those were both very close games uh park south though they have a very high powered offense musman has a good offense obviously i think two of the better players in the state and baden hartman and ray adamas uh but it's going to be important for those key role players to step up logan sheldon um some of those other you know, talented players they have on that team need to make some big plays because Parkersburg South's offense is very dynamic, can put up, you know, 40 almost every week. It seems like they're in the higher scoring games in the state. The, the problem is, is that their defense typically is allowing, you know, 35 to 40 points in a lot of these uh, closer matchups. I mean, they just put up, what was it, 79, 78 points? 78, 78-12. Yeah. yeah, so it was, it was a rough week for Hedgesville, uh, but I think Musselman can contend. I think they have a chance to pull off this upset going on the road. Uh, Got to be feeling good too. You have you know an extra uh, eight or extra few days off here heading into this matchup. So you played that Thursday night game. I think that helps you. And yeah, um, that's what I was gonna I was gonna talk about too. Was kind of gonna be a storyline in this one. They played Thursday night. Park South played Saturday afternoon. Uh, does that give an advantage to Musselman, you think? A little couple more days rest? Slightly, yeah. I, I would think. More days prep. Is that competitive advantage that you would want? I mean, I know talking to Rob Mario, the morning guy, he's a, he's an assistant coach in Maryland, and uh, the way that they had their playoffs set up was uh, 
with the lack of referees in the Maryland area, in the Frederick, Maryland area, with the number of teams hosting games, the teams that were going to face off, the two matchups that would see the winners facing off the next week, they had to be on the same night. So they had played, remember, they played a Thursday game uh, two weeks ago or a week and a half ago now. Uh, Do you think that gives the competitive advantage to Musselman and and could help them get a win in this ball game because they have more days rest. They could they watched that Park South game most likely, or or you know were able to follow it real time. I would think that the preparation for Parkersburg South began Friday because even if Hunting or not Huntington Hedgesville if Hedgesville would have would have pulled off that upset, you're familiar with Hedgesville. You kind of already know what yeah. to expect. You haven't taken any look at Park South, so I think the coaching staff at least started maybe taking a look at Parkersburg South before that game even kicked off on Saturday, I would imagine. But it, it does give you a slight advantage. Um, is it necessarily what will determine the outcome? I don't think so, but it does help out for Musselman. They're definitely in a good spot with that extra day rest and uh, also an extra day to prepare. I agree. And – uh Looking at some of those guys on this Park South team, I mean, you got Cyrus Trawl. Mm-hmm. He's uh, averaging 81 yards per game receiving. Quarterback, you, you have Robert Shockey, who has 13 total touchdowns on the season. I mean, you got a lot of guys on this team. 13 sacks for Gage Wright on the year. Um, five interceptions for Cyrus Trawl. Five interceptions for Tristan Walker. So they, they get a lot of takeaways on yeah. the year. We, we say Musselman has a chance, but it's not going to be an easy one. No, they, they and, truly will have to fight and play probably their best game of the season to get that win. We talk about uh, Baden Hartman and Ray Adamas being one of the top duos of wide receiver quarterback yeah. or quarterback wide receiver duos in the league. And you got to take a look at Park South with Shockey and Troll. I mean, you do. Shockey's got 29 touchdown passes on the year if the stats are updated on Max Prep, 16 of those to Troll. Mm-hmm. So. We could be seeing two guys to be keyed in, and, and and I think you know if you're if you're Musselman, you got to key in on Troll. Yeah, I mean he was dangerous last year when uh, Brent, or Parkersburg South came here to play Martinsburg. Uh, now they were a 15 seed; they were a much younger team, not as experienced as they are now, but they had some talent, and we saw that uh, on display in that game. Obviously, going up against you know a much superior team in, in the Bulldogs, but. I think this is a good Parkersburg South team. They do have uh, a lot of explosiveness on offense. Trowell was really their main guy last year, too, but he was kind of the only guy that had developed into that caliber of player. Shockey had some moments in that game where he looked all right, and I think he's really taken a step forward for this team. So they're an explosive football team. They'll definitely give Musselman a challenge, but I think we could see a really competitive game and. There's a chance Muslim could pull it out, but going on the road will be tough. Uh, Parkersburg South, I'm sure they're excited for the football game. So yeah, and you know you kind of look at the stats here for Parkersburg South. I believe these are you know these are correct if they're published uh, by the team because you know through 11 games is what everything says. But you've got two thousand yard rushers, Gage Wright and Shockey, uh, and Shockey's only a junior, so he'll be back next year. But I mean, like they're completely dominating in 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 yards because of who they played this year i mean you look at the total yards for shockey and uh it's over three thousand yards three thousand four hundred and eighty nine to be exact and uh that's 
pretty freaking crazy. Yeah, the guy can but do it you, all. When you look at it, they beat Capital fifty nine nothing to open the year. They beat University seventy eight to fourteen. Beat Woodrow Wilson forty eight to twenty five. Parkersburg fifty five to seven. John Marshall fifty five to sixteen. They lost to Bridgeport twenty eight twenty. Beat Morgantown in overtime forty one or forty four forty one. Beat Greenbrier East forty nine sixteen. Beat Parkersburg South in a close game thirty two twenty seven. Uh, but then, you know, scored 49 on Princeton to beat them 49-41. Barely there. I mean, we were watching the end of that game at the end of the regular season. That could have, you know, pushed them down to a lower seed. And then getting that dominant 78-12 to victory over um, Hedgesville. I mean, they can do a lot of things through the air and on the ground. And it's scary to look at these stats. It's going to be tough for Musselman. I'd say Musselman has played a slightly more difficult schedule, but Parkersburg yeah. South's schedule isn't bad by any notion. I think it's a pretty good one. Uh, it's yeah. not you know super tough, but there's some good playoff teams in there. Woodrow Wilson was a playoff team. I know they were 15 seed, but still. Uh, and you can only play you know so many non-conference games and stuff like that. So uh, Musselman though has has been bat- battle tested this year. I think they have a shot to win this one. It should be a fun game. I expect it to come down to the last few minutes. Yeah, I really wish we could broadcast this game, but logistically it's just a logistic nightmare to get back here for two two games on Saturday. Unfortunately, we won't be able to get to that, but we'll move on to the next matchup. Uh, number 10, Jefferson, traveling to number 2, Huntington, 8-3 and three versus 10-1 and one once again. And, uh, you know, Jefferson got the upset last week at Spring Valley, 34-14. And, Nick, you really think they could get the upset this week? I'm just saying you can't count them out. Yeah. I mean, they Spring Valley knocked off Huntington week one. Now, I said yesterday, and I'm going to stick with this, Huntington's gotten much better since that game, and I think Spring Valley has gotten worse since week one in a lot of ways. But you you can't just go in there and presume that Huntington's going to beat this Jefferson team because they just pulled off a huge upset last week, and it's against a team that beat Huntington. Yeah. So I think the Cougars could make it at least interesting. Uh, Huntington's got a good football team. We know that. Gavin Locko is a good quarterback. He will be a problem. But I think Jefferson, the thing is, like last year's team was better overall record-wise, and a lot of that had to do with Sammy Roberts' play at quarterback. They lose Roberts, but everybody else came back and got a year older and got a year better. Yeah. So when you consider all that, and Dylan Harris has kind of gotten better each and every week since he's taken over as the starting quarterback – because he's also built the chemistry with that. Yeah, and you could argue now that this Jefferson team, based on how they're playing right now, is better than last year's team because all those guys are back and they've gotten better from a year ago. And while I still think Roberts is obviously a better quarterback than Harrich, I think Harrich has gotten to a point where he's not that much more behind Roberts as what he would have been at the beginning of the year. So I think Jefferson's in a position where they could pull off this upset now it's going to be hard you gotta to get go. out early again. Yeah, you got to do just like you did against Spring Valley. Get out on them early. Make Locko have to throw the ball. I think it's probably going to be a shootout if it if it's close. And then you can rely on that secondary. That secondary for Jefferson because of the athletes that play on both sides of the ball and Fritz, Powell, Humphrey, Robinson. Evan those those guys. Yeah, tool. Evan Tool. They're good on both sides. Yeah, Keyshawn Robinson as yeah. well. So, I mean, they got good athletes throughout that team. I think it's going to be – if it's if it's close, it will be a shootout. If not, Huntington will kind of get out to a quick start and make it tough for Jefferson to come back. But Or it's a I close game through the first half, and then yeah. somebody 
takes over in the second half, which seems to happen in a lot of high school games around here. Um, and you know that could potentially, you know, we as the media can look ahead. That could, if Jefferson gets the upset here, that could pull off a, an EPAC semifinal game. Yeah. And that would be pretty crazy. And it would be at Martinsburg this time as a game this year between Jefferson and Martinsburg was at Jefferson. But uh, Martinsburg has to handle business against number four coming in at nine. Both teams coming in at nine and two. And, uh, you know, we were talking about before the show, Colin, last year's game, uh, you know, wasn't a wasn't a normal Martinsburg score that you see against teams. Yeah. And this week it's going to be even probably more different because of the style of offense that Bridgeport has. So you got to expect Martinsburg, even though they have a great run defense, to even change it up. You are, will we see more defensive line? men in there do they still stick with three up front because if it ain't broke don't fix it and rely on your linebackers to come up and make the plays on the run defense yeah i think but at the same time when you look around and see everybody else that goes with five six defensive linemen against bridgeport i don't know i don't know either but 21 points the least number of points scored last year by but you got a shutout at all you did get a shutout. And this is a wor- not a worse necessarily team, but this is a different Bridgeport team than they were a year ago. They had Cam Cole last year, who was one of the better players in the state uh, at quarterback or really just running back. And he, he was very dynamic and a very tough kid uh, to stop. And he's no longer there. He graduated. So I think him not coming back. They have a few others that I don't think are back from last year. So it's not the same Bridgeport team. That last year's team was pretty experienced. Uh, they had some good football players that had played in some big games before. This year's team is a little bit younger. They're still talented. They've obviously proven that with how they beat up on Cabell Midland last week, that they are a legit good team in the state. They beat Parkersburg South, so you can't overlook them. But I don't think they're as good as last year's team. And I, I would say that for that reason, I think Martinsburg does win by more than just 21 nothing. but also – you know Bridgeport's going to have those long drives potentially if they do have success, uh, that even if they don't end in touchdowns, they could really slow down the pace of the game. That's how last year's game kind of went. Like Bridgeport had some good long drives, but then didn't execute in the red zone, and that's what allowed Martinsburg to get the win easily, but also uh, kind of allowed Martinsburg to only have 21 points because they just didn't have the time of possession to get as many points as they normally do. Yeah, that's a good point. Colin, you yeah. uh, you were able to speak with their uh, broadcasters last night. You got anything early you want to add this week? Again, for Bridgeport, two 1,000-yard rushers. Yeah. Well, a guy with 1,509 yards and Zach. Exactly. R- how do you say his, pronounce his last name? Rorig? Rorig? I'll have to double check. I'm not 100% confident. R-O-H-R-I-G. I'll figure it out. Rorig? One would presume. But, yeah, I mean, he dominates 19 touchdowns on the ground and – you know, obviously not a whole lot in receiving nobody over the 100-yard mark at all this season. Uh, but, you know, they've got some players that can run the ball. They've also got some players on the defense side of the ball. And you got to remember, they're the ones that beat Parkersburg South. Yeah. That's the only loss Yeah, for Parkersburg South is Bridgeport. So it's a good team. Can they contend with Martinsburg? I don't think so. 
We'll have to stay tuned to find out this Saturday 7.30 kickoff. It'll be most likely a 6.30 pregame live from Coburn Fieldboard. Got to make our way from Rams Stadium after the conclusion of the Rams playoff game. The final game is the five versus the four, nine and two. Both teams have that record. George Washington versus Hurricane. How do we think this matchup could play out, guys, early in the week? Um, I said earlier, Hurricane, I think, blows them out. Yeah, I would lean that way as well. Uh I just I think Hurricanes the superior team. I think GW, you know, they have that one win over Spring Valley, which was a good win for them. Uh, but besides that, they haven't been super impressive. Slipped by Princeton last week. I think this week will be tough for them going to Hurricane, who's been one of the better teams in the state this year. All right. Well, that'll do it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Parsons Ford, Kent Parsons Ford, and Martinsburg. They became number one by making you number one first. Go to ParsonsFord.com for more on their side of this break. Commanders get an upset victory last night over the Eagles. Undefeated no more, the Eagles are. And that was a huge victory for the Commanders. And uh, I would say they completely dominated the statistical categories of the ball game. Not necessarily dominated the whole ball game, but... Uh, when you can have the ball for as long as they did and have as many rushing yards as they did, uh, then it's we'll get break that down after this two-minute break, but we'll be back after this break. With four new car dealerships and four used car dealerships in three states, Parsons is the largest used car and fastest-growing new car dealer in the tri-state area. Take Parsons Ford with huge savings on hundreds of new Fords, financing from 0%, Parsons' goal of financing for all, and Parsons' famous above-market trade-in allowances that help make Parsons number one for used cars, too. See why so many won't buy anywhere but Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Parsons. Radon is the second leading cause of lung cancer deaths in the United States each year. But do you know the radon levels in your home? Home is a place to live, love, and laugh, not a place to breathe air containing radon. The Berkeley and Morgan County Health Departments are distributing free confidential radon test kits, and you can get yours at the Berkeley County Health Department office in Martinsburg and the Morgan County Health Department office in Berkeley Springs. Protect your home and family. Get your free radon test kit today. Hi, I'm Aiden. And I'm Keenan, And we are Sahara Dry Basement. Are you tired of getting water in your basement every time it rains? Or worse, even when it doesn't. Water leads to deterioration. And costs you money. Call Sahara Dry Basement. And let's work together to fix your wet basement problems today. We use the best products available, and we are so confident in our work that we give you a lifetime guarantee. That's right. We do it right the first time, or the follow-up visit is on us. We also do crawl spaces, dryer vent, and duct cleaning, too. To learn more, go to saharadrybasements.com. Here's to the grown-ups. Your car is now your office. Stage. Nursery. Shh. Sorry. Insuring it shouldn't be a headache. Erie, number one in the nation for highest satisfaction with the auto insurance purchase experience six years in a row. And with Erie, you get your own independent agent. Not a giant corporate call center or some online robot. You meet with a real person like this. Your local Erie agent in Martinsburg is Smallwood and Small Insurance. Get a quote at smallwoodandsmall.com. Insurance. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV10. At home, he's done it twice in the NFL. This one is shot. Watkins a diving catch. Ball comes out. Commanders pick. 
pick it up at the 15-yard line. And another takeaway by this Washington defense. Forrest comes away with it. song so bad it's good it's so cringy but it just kind of you know works it's catchy it is really catchy it left gets stuck hand in your free head. who are we the commanders uh right there you won a regular season game we beat, beat, beat an undefeated, an undefeated team. team in our division okay that embarrassed us five at home five half a game out of the wild card you got lucky i don't know about luck sometimes luck is all you need I guess. But the commander statistically statistically dominated in this ballgame. 330 yards total compared to 264, 178 passing to 170. Not too much of a domination there, but it's Taylor Heineke. He doesn't throw a lot. Uh, 152 yards on the ground to 94. 25 first downs to 18. 12 of 21, third down efficiency. uh, One of one on fourth down. Total plays run 81. 81 plays. They only punted the ball twice, which usually it's like quadruple that. Mm-hmm. Um, they got three fumble recoveries, and they held the ball for 40 minutes and 24 seconds and only let the Eagles hold it for 1936. A game in which nobody predicted them to win. They won. They un- they beat Colin, an unbeaten. You said, I mean, two, you said two punts, right? Yeah. Does that still count the one nope. that... Had the roughing? Okay. I just wanted to check. That does not. But, I mean, when you look at the statistics overall, Brian Robinson finally getting back into it, finally getting into heavy workload after returning 26 carries, 86 yards. Terry McLaurin doing Terry McLaurin things. Eight catches for 126 yards on the defense. Benjamin, Yeah. You said 126 by accident because you still had Robinson in your head. Uh, Benjamin St. Juice had six tackles on defense. Jamin Davis, although he did get away with an egregious face mask, he had five tackles total. Uh, the Derek Force interception and fumble recovery. I mean, this team was just playing on all facets of the game. Joey Sly. Can't forget Joey Sly. Four for four on field goals. Mm-hmm. Got a career long of 58 to end the half. And they weren't conservative. I bet he gets drug tested. <laughs> they weren't conservative to end the half like we have seen them for most of this season. No, they wanted to make sure. And you have to be on the road going forward on fourth down situations. They went one for one on. When's the last time you heard a team have 21 opportunities on a third down? I don't remember. Most of those were short. Any of them. And you got 21. Yeah. I'll take that. That game plan was perfect to beat an undefeated team on the road in Philly. Because you kept Hurts off the field. And yeah, he threw two touchdown passes. He had the one interception. Four total turnovers, though, for Philly. It was executed perfectly for Washington, and that's why they got the win. And they they were up 26-21 with five seconds left, and then uh, the lateral play happened, and here's the play for Monday Night Football. Their perfect season should be the last play. Hurts underneath, and now the laterals. And instead, it's going to be picked up for a touchdown on that lateral by Casey Tuhill. Exclamation point to end the game. Commanders 32, Eagles 21. And, you know, it just seems like Taylor Heineke, he's not a great player. 
He's not your guy that's going to save your franchise. He but might. he's going to somehow win you some games. He's 8-4 and four as a starter in his last 12 games. I was about to say, I think that's his 10th win. Yeah, and he's 3-1 and one this year hey. since been being inserted as a starter. I, I don't know. what There's it's Heineke a, magic in the air. It's a spark that he gives to his teammates, his leadership. I, I don't know what it is, but Washington plays differently. He actually that, throws the ball to McCord. That helps, too. Because, yeah, I mean, se- eight of his 17 completions are to yeah. one guy. So, I mean, and it's the best guy, so the best receiver McCorn on the team. One of the best in the league, but it's more so him than uh, Heineke, I think, to a lot of the, the credit there. And, I mean, obviously Washington won the game, so I don't want to take the win away from them completely. But we do need to look at some of these big controversial calls here. And I, I'd start yeah. with that. Obviously, the Miss Face Mask was ridiculous. I don't know how I missed that uh, on that fumble. So that's, that's, you know, the three points there. Maybe Washington still gets a stop. But Who then knows? there's that offensive pass interference on the, the yes. pick play. That doesn't and get called at a 60% clip throughout the league. I think that one, though, I can more so see how you get that wrong than the face mask. because Yeah, yeah no, I'll completely agree even – he still made contact with the defender call on the fumble and and depending on the angle you might have saw it as him setting a pick yeah uh but in terms of the face mask that was bad and then i hated that roughing the passer at the end of the ball game but it's by the book I love his knee is on the ground he's giving himself up he already got touched he already got touched from the guy in front of him but then the guy comes into the side and just kind of lays him out. He could easily he didn't just lay dive him out. to the right. He barely touched him. The first guy barely touched him. The second yeah. guy, Graham the barely second touched guy him drilled him. No, he no, drilled he him. There was no reason for him to do that. There's we there saw wasn't. Chase Young do that second guy last year, pulled, and he got I'm tired of roughing the passer. The we, we saw Chase Young do that to Justin Herbert game one of last year, and what happened? He got flagged for 15 Good. years. Um, <laughs> roughing the passer, though, is so soft nowadays, and – that had no impact on the play, and it wasn't. Yeah, but the play was already over. It he wasn't gave a big hit. Up. It wasn't a big hit. You still can't hit him. It's That's stupid. the rule. He's a quarterback. Like it or not, if that Lamar is the Jackson rule. got hit in that same, they thing wouldn't happened, have thrown it. You'd be okay. They never throw it on Lamar because he's a running quarterback. He took a knee. He wasn't running. It doesn't matter. It does matter. I want to get knee into was on the, the problem I have with roughing the passer because okay. okay, you can't even tackle these guys anymore half the time, and then depending on who it is. And then, like, the if you put too much weight on the quarterback, it's roughing the passer. Like, there's just so many things. And, in, in, yes, Heineke did give himself up. I'll give him that. But when you're going 100%, it's not that easy just to pull up. I, I know it was after the play, and there was a good second or two, but he didn't hit him that hard. And to me, to throw that flag in that situation where it wasn't something that he was going for his head or – super late hit that was just completely unnecessary to me that that's just bad officiating because the players didn't decide the final outcome in the end yeah i mean but they they did they did heineke played that perfectly he knew the rule he went down the first guy i think he went down because he didn't want to get sacked he didn't go exactly. down because he was thinking he was going to get a roughing the passer call yeah but i don't know Maybe if he didn't run backwards 55 yards on the play and just throw the ball away, we wouldn't have had this situation. Yeah. I think he played it perfectly into his hands. He saw those guys coming. He's like, all right, I'm going to give myself up and see what happens. I just think that you don't throw I think it was a heads-up hit. I think, I it, think it was it heads-up by Heineke. It ruined what was a great game. 
And they already had missed so many calls that night that the officials ended up deciding. Do you think that penalties should be able to be looked at and stop the game and try to find Well, they wouldn't review that one. Oh, are you saying in terms of the face mask? Yeah. Face mask and that. That one they wouldn't review. They wouldn't They wouldn't change it because it technically was the correct yeah. call. Yeah, that's what But the face mask, um, I, I would say yes. I think if it's in a situation where you're already reviewing the play, but I don't think you should be able to just review every penalty because you, you would call holding on every play. But if that's it's true. something like that where, like, you're reviewing a fumble or even a – I don't know. Even it, an it interception so that you go PI, though, because, you go back to the PI. Or if you're reviewing you a touchdown, that? like, yeah. and you see that you missed a holding, then you get into a, a weird situation. Mm-hmm. So It's I, a slippery slope, man. It. I would say no then i guess because I, I think penalties are something that you have to see on the field if you slow down and replay every play you could see a penalty potentially so it gets to that situation where we'd have too many penalties because if they're going back and they're reviewing the play and then they look oh did we miss anything on this play yeah then you could look back at any touchdown or anything and say oh well there was pass interference here or there was a holding here or there was a face mask here. So I just think in that situation, I would, while it, it is very obvious that they missed it, I still think for the overall game of football, it's better to probably not have that be a rule. But I see why they've talked about it in the past. And right. It's different it be for football between every other sport because football basically is guaranteed that something was missed every single play. Yeah. yeah. Baseball, like the robotic strike zone that doesn't stop the game yeah even though we don't know some people say that you don't want to get rid of the human error which basically is the argument right now for football it's different because it's football all right the point that i'm trying to. i've got a question to bring up to you guys he appears to be healthy could be ready to play this week if you're ron rivera and scott turner what do you do at the quarterback position do you leave in yeah, Terry McLaurin? Terry, I'm sorry. Do you leave in Taylor Heineke? Do you leave in Taylor Heineke or do you go back to Wentz, who couldn't seem to get things rolling chemistry-wise with the guys? I think you just got to go Heineke. I think you got to ha- stick Heineke. with the hot hand. You do. Especially because you're 5-5, five five, you're in a position to do something. I said the same thing for Dallas. I thought, if I can't remember, Dak Prescott's a better quarterback than Cooper Rush. Yes, I think that's agreed upon. Is Wentz the better quarterback? I at, at this point, no, I don't think so. I think Carson Wentz has either lost his confidence or just he's not very mobile anymore. He's not mobile. I'll agree with that. I just think at this point, and Heineke does just, he have better arm, better accuracy? Sometimes it's not about all that stuff, Colin. Sometimes it's I about, don't disagree. Do just I'm just it. trying to put it as a whole. I think he, he might, but I think when it comes to who gets you the win, Heineke seems to be I agree. better at finding a way to win the game. He I does. mean I don't get how. It's but almost he like Tebow to an extent, except he's a better overall passer and stuff like than Tebow, but like Tebow just found ways to win, so the Broncos had to roll with Tebow, even though like Kyle Orton or whoever the quarterback was at the time is a better quarterback. Yeah. Like Heineke's to, just it becomes got the leader. Some, got, it's, it's the leader. I don't know if it's his leadership. It's got, he's got the dog in him. He's got that <laughs> he's got dog, dog in him. In he's him. got that dog in him. <laughs> he really does. And did you see him celebrating on the plane last night? He had some bush lattes in a trash can. 
He wasn't doing high knees? No, he was not doing no, high knees. He but he did the get Kirk the Kirk Cousins, Cousins treatment. treatment. With all the bling. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Uh, this morning, at the ripe time of 6.58 a.m., we see Adam Schefter tweet, Sources, Chase Young, the former number two pick in the 2020 draft who was named NFL Rookie of the Year is expected to be activated this week to play Sunday in his first game since tearing his ACNO MCL against the Buccaneers last November. That would be a boost for the Washington D. Willie, I mean, we've been talking about this for a few weeks and I thought it was going to happen around Halloween, but a few weeks later and if the Commanders can continue to play their way they're playing and you boost it, you throw them in there, you have a legit shot at making the wild card. I agree. The next few weeks are huge because after this week, which right now, after the week, I'm actually more nervous about this coming Sunday's game because it really feels like a trap game now. You're on the high of knocking off Philly on the road, the undefeated team. The season's going well. You might have Chase Young back. This is around the time you're when on Washington starts to break your heart again. But you're going on the road. No, this now. is around the time when Ron Rivera's teams Against get their crap a together. Horrible. Well, no, they get to Texans 500, team. Spencer. They do this every year. We've talked about this earlier. How they start terrible. They get to 500, and you guys are like, "Oh, here we go. We're gonna make the wild card." And then you they finish seven and nine. That's why whatever. I feel like this is a trap game. In Houston, I would agree, but Houston's just so terrible. Exactly, that if you lose this game, you just don't deserve to make the playoffs or do mm-hmm. anything the rest of the year. Anyway, you're so. on cloud nine after knocking off Philly, and it I think feels they'll beat. Like I the think they'll beat game. the Texans. But All right, start so. lose that. will do it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Orsini's Home Store, not just supplying store any longer. Cabinets and designer bending out there, living in his family-owned and operated right here in Martinsburg at 360 Hack Wilson Way. You can go to Orsini's.com for more. On the other side of this break, we'll talk WVU hoops, WVU football, and I guess WVU athletics in general after this two-minute break. We're back in two minutes. Chevy, driving my first love out to the levee, living life with no... Hi, this is Lauren from Orsini's right here in Martinsburg. Grilling is not just for the boys. We are a platinum Traeger dealer carrying the Pro Series all the way up to the Timberline Series. We have every flavor of wood pellets along with accessories, rubs, sauces, not just Traeger. We carry Utz, Meat Church, Lanes, and Dizzy Pig. We also carry a full line of Yeti products. Orsini's has everything to complete your backyard. Visit us at 360 Hack Wilson Way or at Orsini's.com. The Palace Lounge in Martinsburg is the place to be this football season. Join us Fridays for Martinsburg Bulldog games, Saturdays for Shepherd Rams and WVU games, and every Monday, Thursday, and Sunday nights for the NFL primetime games. We still have steak night every Wednesday, shrimp nights every Thursday, and now taco and margarita nights every Tuesday. So come on in and enjoy the Palace Lounge. We're located at 1350 Edwin Miller Boulevard in Martinsburg. Ever try to collect on an insurance claim? Perhaps a homeowner's claim, auto accident, or fire? Insurance companies collect money from you for protection should something bad happen. And when it does, they don't want to pay or they offer too little. At Mansion Ferretti, we have an attorney who worked defending insurance companies and knows all the dirty tricks they play to deny or lowball your claim. Call us today for help in getting what you really deserve. Mansion Ferretti, when you need justice. Hello. We're here again three times in the past two days. 
You're where? Bechtel Jewelers. Look. Can mom hear you? No, she's in a diamond coma. Get her the pendant or I will. Hey, that's my credit card. What? Can't hear you, Dad. You're breaking up. It's going to take more than a crying baby to wake her out of this diamond coma. You're going to need a mega dose of jewelry from Bechtel Jewelers. Now, back to the sports mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Spencer, Nick, and Colin hanging out with you today. And uh, how about we do this? How about we uh, hear today's Mountaineer report uh, from the Mountaineer Sports Network. Nick, you have that WV logo up? I do. All right, let's uh, let's uh, hit it right now. Within the WVU Athletic Department. Hi, everybody. I'm Tony Caridi. That story coming up on today's Mountaineer Report brought to us by Kroger, the official grocer of WVU Athletics. This holiday, whether you're roasting a Kroger Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or making a Murray's Baked Free for two, whether you're baking a pie with fresh cosmic crisp apples like Grandma's or ordering private selection cream pies when Grandma's pie is all gone, Kroger has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. At Kroger, we believe local produce shouldn't be hard to find. That's why we work with local farms right in our own backyard to bring the fresh produce you love to our stores. From homegrown watermelon that makes your mouth water to crisp corn picked right around the corner. Come pick out some yourself because shopping for local produce should be as easy as shopping at your local Kroger. Kroger, fresh for everyone. A surprise announcement from WVU administration on Monday. WVU Vice President Rob Alsop made a formal announcement. The university has parted ways with Shane Lyons. For the next few weeks, I've been asked to serve, and it's a privilege for me to serve as the interim director of athletics while the university completes a national search for the next leader of our athletics department. We have already retained outside counsel, who in turn have helped us, and we've retained turnkey ZRG to conduct the search. That search is already underway, and as our release indicated, earlier. It's anticipated that we'll have a new athletic director within the next three to four weeks. As to why the decision was made? The past few years of college athletics have seen a lot of change. We've seen from the portal to name, image, and likeness around the conference realignment. President Gee, in thinking about this, decided that with this ever-changing landscape, it would be a good opportunity to find a fresh perspective for the program. And to reiterate, Shane's been in here eight years, and he's done a lot of terrific things. If we all sang the same tune, there'd never be any harmony in this world. What I can say is President Gee believed that a fresh perspective was appropriate at this time. Al Sop will now serve as the interim athletic director. What will his role be during that span? I'm going to do everything that I can to assist our staff staff and coaches and continuing to provide our student athletes with the resources they need to be successful both on and off the field. I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that the groundwork is established for our next athletic director so that she or he hits the ground running to be successful in their endeavors. That is WVU's Rob Alsop, now the interim athletic director at West Virginia. Mountaineer basketball tonight, West Virginia hosting Moorhead State. Pre-game coverage here on MSN begins at 6, tip at 7. That is today's Mountaineer Report. Brought to us by Kroger, the official grocer of WVU Athletics. I'm Tony Carrillo on the Mountaineer Sports Network from Learfield. 
Thank you, Tony. And Colin, the uh, lifelong West Virginia Mountaineers fan, and you hear fresh perspectives is what's needed and why Shane Lyons is gone. What's your take on that? I don't disagree, especially when you've heard from numerous alumni and the most recent being Pat Pat McAfee McAfee coming out on social media. Who should be involved in your program. That's where I was going to go, who has been after Shane Lyons resigned, fired, whichever it was, parted ways, however you want to say it, that he's basically had to watch from afar. And you've heard that from now him. You've heard that from Slayton before the Hall of Fame stuff. You heard that from Pat White for a little bit. And it it definitely is confusing, especially coming from Shane Lyons, who's a West Virginia guy. It's okay. As Marshall guys, same thing happened it with Randy no Moss. It makes no sense to me. Same thing happened with Randy Moss. You remember that, Nick? Not exactly, but I know that he... He had some beef. Hadn't really shown up. Well, no. He, they invited him back, but they made him buy a ticket. Well, he yeah. still hasn't shown up since then. Though, he has. Like, has he, he did something. But I, I don't disagree that it seems like the athletics programs needs, I guess, a new perspective, but... It's going to be a slippery slope, and you already see it now with the football team because a lot of people think that Coach Neil Brown is going to be fired at the end of the season. And I know well, I said so the, are the players. And I said at the beginning of the season, it needs to be done. And, and one player- right now, it honestly was probably out of frustration when you lose to Pitt and Kansas, who, yeah, Pitt isn't that good anymore this year. Kansas is decent, but WVU, you do this, are you really ready for a new rebuild? Yeah, I mean, that's that's the big thing. And, uh, you know, when you look, the players are already kind of making mm-hmm. moves. We've seen a lot of players who have announced their intent to enter the transfer portal. You're announcing your intent because they've, they've adjusted the transfer rules and you cannot enter the portal until after the season has concluded. One of those players being former Spring Valley Timberwolf Corbin Page in-state tight end. Uh, may he go to another in-state school, whether that be at the Division II level or at the Division I level. He could go back home, go to Marshall, uh, but could could come up here to the D2 level and find success at Shepard. Yeah, he could. You I never mean, know. But tight end spot open there. but uh, he's, he's got four years of eligibility left. transfer. You've heard, what, a three-star and a four-star decommitting now? I do wonder this, Colin, and – this is more so from like an outside perspective because I think, you know, not really growing up in the state, not really being a WVU fan, but knowing of the programs and stuff, what is the expectation for WVU football from the fans? Because It's to compete because okay. it might be too high of an expectation, and that's because of the fact that there's no professional teams yeah. in the state, obviously. So the quote-unquote professional team is always WVU. Because that's just how it is. With because I think realistically, like, WVU is not winning the national championship in football. Realistically, I would not disagree. But could they maybe 12 better than they have? Yes. I, th- I think that's realistic uh, for them. But I, I'm just I, – I feel like people have these super high expectations, and part of that's because they did have a few good years with Rich Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. But that was also in the Big East. Like – that was a different conference. That was a different time. And that in college was a different. Football. Yeah, it was a different time in college football where the way things are now, mm-hmm. 
maybe the Big Twelve the Big Twelve is going to change, so maybe they could become very competitive. But I just don't know what the expectation should be or, or where it is at. Obviously, they want to be better than what they have been, though, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, Neil Brown press conference happening now. Unfortunately, we won't have the press conference show after the show. But Neil Brown says he will probably not name a starting quarterback before Saturday's matchup against number nineteen Kansas State. Though Garrett Green quote earned the opportunity to play more end quote with his performance against Oklahoma. Brown also says he was impressed with true fresh. He's he's been impressed with true freshman Nico Marquial, who could potentially play in one or both of the last two games and maintain his redshirt status. I know yeah, Collins. That, that's why that. I was. I almost but Garrett, mentioned Garrett it last Green's night. been dominant on the ground. On the ground. Thank you. He had a pretty I, I good game passing. Decent. Decent game. Better than JT Daniels. Better than JT Daniels. I don't know what's going on with JT Daniels. What He has seemed off the past few weeks. I don't know if he's lost his confidence, if maybe there's an injury that nobody knows about. I don't want to speculate. But if you just watch his passes from the start of the season up until now, there's a difference there, and I don't know why. It's it's strange. Just go back, watch the tape. Something has changed in his game for some reason, and I would not be surprised if he's put on the back burner, sitting on the bench, and it's Green starting with a short leash for Nico. All right, yeah, that's a lot to take in. Mountaineer hoops. Does Nico though. still have a transfer though, or not a red shirt? Excuse me. Yeah, yeah, we just yeah. said that. Because so, he hasn't played at all. He can play right. four games. No, I think he played, he played in a little Towson. bit in that one game. Towson. Did he? Mm. Yeah, they played like That's every true. quarterback on their roster. Uh, but the Mountaineer Hoops team, 2-0 on the season, looks to go 3-0 tonight when they host Moorhead State. The Eagles at 7 p.m. Pre-game for the Mountaineer Sports Network is set for 6 p.m. We'll have that for you on Talk Rated WRNR. But that'll do it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Hagerstown Ford, revolutionizing the car buying experience. Buy your next vehicle online. They'll deliver it to you. If you don't like it, they'll take it back. Go to HagerstownFord.com for more. On the other side of this break, we'll wrap things up on today's edition of the Sports Mix Talk Capitals after this two-minute break. Hagerstown Ford continues to be your leader in car sales up and down the I-81 corridor. We will beat any and all competitors' prices. We've made buying a new car easier than ever with one-day delivery better than Amazon and a return policy better than Walmart. Your satisfaction is our guarantee. If you don't like it, simply return it and we'll come pick it up. No questions asked. Why would you shop anywhere else? At Hagerstown Ford, we take great pride in our community and supporting our local student-athletes. That's why Hagerstown Ford is the official car dealership of Shepard Rams quarterback Tyson Bajant. Our remote buying process has made new car shopping so easy, you'll never even set foot in a dealership. Simply go to HagerstownFord.com and click on the car you want to buy it, or use the Axel Auto app. It's that easy. You can order your new car on any device. Go to HagerstownFord.com and get your new car signed, sealed, and delivered from Hagerstown Ford. 
If you or someone you know suffers from the disease of addiction, help is available from the Berkeley County Quick Response Team with peer recovery coaches and support promptly to the homes of those who've recently experienced an overdose. This collective effort towards recovery brings resources and services to the community, including naloxone and treatment options. Call 304-267-1313 or visit the Berkeley County Recovery Resource Center, 400 West Stevens Street, Martinsburg. The Berkeley County Quick Response Team is funded through a DHHR grant with the Berkeley Morgan County Health Department. Jambo Construction and Fencing Company, LLC, is a veteran-owned and operated company right here in the eastern panhandle of West Virginia that specializes in decks, fencing, and hardscaping. Find us on Facebook at Jambo Construction and Fencing to see more of the projects we've completed. For a free estimate, you can call Bo Bartley at 304-268-5452 or Jamie Gall at 304-279-5053. We are licensed and insured in the state of West Virginia, and as Martinsburg alums, we say, Go Bulldogs! You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740 and TV 10. Welcome back to this final segment of the Sports Mix for your November 15th. 2022 trying to get ahead of myself there brought to you in part by the Marius say, group it's not my sister's birthday <laughs> brought to you in part by the Marius group and Ameriprise financial advisors John Everson and Phil McCoy you can call Ameriprise financial services at 304-263-4343 or stop by their offices right here in Martinsburg at 1270 Winchester Avenue and the uh, Capitals back in action tonight they were on the losing end as we mentioned on Sunday night against the Lightning as they played them twice in the matter of three days. They beat them five to one Friday, lost six to three on Sunday. Um, but but uh, I was told by my sister who I went to the Caps game with last Wednesday night uh, on a whim because uh, her fiance, my soon to be brother in law's boss, has season tickets, and uh, he had a partial plan. And the other person backed out, and you somehow, somehow he paid. So my sister said after they went Friday night as well that I'm bad luck and not allowed yep. to go anymore. Um, but they play down in Florida tonight, 7 p.m. against the Panthers. <laughs> they play the Panthers at 7 p.m. tonight. Um, and if you're a Caps fan and you wanted some of that reverse retro stuff, you're SOL because it's gone. It's sold out. People All of it lo- sold out. I, same thing happened last year. My sister barely got a jersey today, out. she was telling me. Eh? So The fan base eats it up. That yeah. was what? The top-selling jersey last year, I think, was the red? Yeah, but I like this one jersey. better. I don't. Really? I, I like the new colors more. I don't know. I like... I, I don't dislike that they went back to the old colors. Because to me, that's... I just that's... like the look of... To me, that's a, well, I don't know. See, I was talking about this with my soon-to-be brother-in-law last week, and I said, you know, it kind of, to me, appears like it's a retro jersey, no, whereas, whereas the one that came out two years ago was a reverse mm-hmm. retro because you're using, you're using your new colors and reversing it to make it retro. Yeah. This one, I just feel like, is a retro jersey, and, you know... Ever since the Rock the Red era, we haven't seen that, and it's nice to throw it in every now and then. It's fair. Uh, but that'll do it for this edition of the Sports Mix. You can tune in to Mountaineer Basketball tonight on Talk Radio WRNR, 6 p.m. pregame for the Mountaineer Sports Network, 7 p.m. tip-off between the Mountaineers and the Moorhead State Eagles. Tomorrow we'll have a special guest. We'll have special guests 
on the show, Colin? Yes, the Musselman Volleyball team will have the uh, six seniors as well as I believe uh, Coach Martz will be coming in. All right, we'll look forward to that tomorrow, but that'll do it for this edition of the Sports Mix. For Colin McLaughlin, Nick Verzellini, I'm Spencer Bui saying so long. We'll talk to you tomorrow.